Welcome to the Vandenack Weaver Trulson Legal Visionaries Podcast, brought to you by Interactive Legal. Here's your host, Mary Vandenack. Welcome to today's episode of Vandenack Weaver Trulson Law Visionaries, a weekly podcast discussing updated legal news as well as evolving methods of providing legal service. My name is Mary Vandenack. I'm CEO, founding, and managing partner of Vandenack Weaver Trulson LLC. And I will be your host as we talk to experts from around the country about closely held businesses, tax, trusts, estates, legal technology, law firm leadership, law practice management, and well-being. On today's episode, my guest is Janet Falk. Janet is a public relations and marketing communications consultant from New York. Janet has extensive experience in assisting solo practitioners and small law firms with distinguishing themselves in the market. Today, we are going to discuss the topic of why her and not me, how you can be the attorney that reporters call. First, I want to thank our sponsors, Interactive Legal and Carson Private Client. There's always a resistance to change, particularly with attorneys. Attorneys like to look back at what's worked in the past, and that makes a lot of sense. But when you realize that with a good automated drafting system, you can do a better job for your clients, deliver documents on a more timely fashion, in a more consistent and in a more costly manner. If you're not a subscriber to Interactive Legal, I urge you to go to interactivelegal.com and click on Request a Demo. And you'll be contacted about having a demonstration of Interactive Legal for you, which can be done right over the Internet. Don't have to leave your office. No salesperson will call. We can arrange it at a time inconvenient for you. So please go to interactivelegal.com and click on Request a Demo. Wealth planning focuses on liquidity management and charges you a fee based on a percentage of your assets. But entrepreneurs typically invest in their business, resulting in light liquidity. That requires a unique strategy. At Carson Private Client, We provide a proactive and holistic strategy for building and protecting your wealth. Our mission is to alleviate the stresses and the burdens of coordinating all of those financial strategies. Carson Private Client will work with your current team of advisors to customize a strategy that manages all aspects of your life and wealth, giving you back the time to focus on what matters most. Complex needs require sophisticated solutions. Reach out to our office at 402-779-8989 to schedule your consultation. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Welcome, Janet. Thanks for being with me today. I'm so excited to be here, Mary. Thank you for inviting me. I just love the phrase. It's very catchy. Why her and not me? How did you come up with that? It's been my experience working with attorneys that they are of a competitive nature. I'm sure you're not surprised to hear this because you often are, you know, dealing in litigation matters. And so I thought that male attorneys would be especially distressed to learn that a female colleague had been quoted in the news and not themselves. And of course, women would want to be that woman as well. So that's how I came up with the phrase, why her and not me, how you can be the attorney reporter's call. So why do attorneys want to be seen in the news? I think one obvious reason that everyone thinks about is 
to attract more business and attract more clients. But you needn't stop there. Being seen in the news is the ticket to many other kinds of contacts and relationships. For example, you want to be top of mind with your referral sources. You work in the matter of trust and estates. And so if there's going to be some changes in tax law, then you would think that your accountant contacts and your financial advisor referral sources would say, oh, Mary's talking about this issue in the news. This pertains to my client so-and-so. I should have that person get in touch with Mary. She can help them with their particular problem. So one thing is to be top of mind with your referral sources. And you, ought to, you also wanna keep in touch with your lapsed clients, right? There's gonna be a reason why they're gonna to wanna to come back and consult with you. But what about the many people that you are in touch with over the years? People that you went to law school with, people that you clerked with, people that were at your prior firm, people who were on the other side of the transaction or the other side of the litigation. Maybe you're an active member of your bar association and you served on a committee. Those people will see your name in the news and they will remember and be in touch with you. Maybe you want to build your brand and your personal reputation and be known as the attorney who handles certain kinds of circumstances. And if reporters call the people they know, who do you think conference organizers call? They call the people that they see quoted in the news because they know that those sources have the finger on the pulse of what's happening in the marketplace. So don't think that it's only to attract new clients because there are many other contacts and many other opportunities for attorneys to be in the news so that they will be seen by people that matter to them, whether it's their networking contacts or their bar association contacts or speakers who might invite them to appear at a conference. So that all sounds great, and we all like to get heard in the news, but how do attorneys introduce themselves to a reporter so that they can get reported on? Right. Uh, I use a tool called a media profile, and we can provide a sample media profile in the show notes, and it's available on my website. So a media profile is not, let me explain, your CV and your list of all your representative matters and your publications, but instead it's going to answer three principal questions. And those are, why you? Why should a reporter talk to you and not your colleague down the hall or your competitor on the other side of town? You have to show that you are the person who has your finger on the pulse of what's happening in the market locally or in the industry. So why you? The next question is why now? What is happening now that people need to know more about? Is there some new mandate? Is there some new municipal ordinance? Is there some new regulation or law that people ought to be aware of? Why you? Why now? And the third question, and Mary, this is the most important one. Why should anyone care? How will your insight help an individual or a business owner or even a corporate executive to save time, save money, and make more money. So your media profile is going to provide a description of your background and of course your contact information. And it's going to help you to pinpoint issues that people need to know more about, 
but are not being covered by the news and that only a sophisticated attorney who understands this technicalities can explain in layman's language. So that's how a media profile would work to show that you are the person who understands what's important about an issue or about a deadline and what people need to do in order to be compliant or to take advantage of an opportunity. So I understand the media profile, and let's say that an attorney wants to connect with a reporter. Can they, should they find the email address of the reporter? How does that work? How do we create that connection? Yes, an email address is the best way. And there are a few places where you can find the email address of the reporter. But first, you ought to think, what is it that my clients or my contacts or my prospects or my referral sources are reading? Are they reading an industry magazine or newsletter? Are they reading a blog? Are they reading the local business journal? Are they reading the daily newspaper or the national newspaper? So identify first the media outlet that your target market is reading, and then look to find which are the reporters that are covering those topics that you want to discourse on. So if it's a newspaper, Oftentimes, at the bottom of the news article, you can find the reporter's email address. If it's a magazine, then you can look at the masthead, which is the list of all the reporters and editors and what subjects they cover and their email address. So that makes it easy because it's right there in the publication at the bottom of the newspaper article or in the listing of the masthead. But what if you can't find it there? I suggest you look on Twitter. A lot of reporters put their email address in their Twitter bio. Now, Mary, why do you suppose they do that? So that people can find them and give them news? Exactly right. If you were to present a story idea to the Twitter universe, then every reporter might be able to see it. And reporters don't want that to happen. They want to have something that's proprietary and exclusive to them. So they make it easy for you by putting their email address right there in their Twitter bio. Now, many reporters have a dedicated website where they aggregate their news stories. So you can go to their website and you can find their email address or maybe one of those contact me forms. So right there in the news article at the very bottom on the masthead of the publication, if it's a magazine, in their Twitter bio, or in their dedicated website, you will find the email address so that you can be in touch with the reporter. Now, if you can't find it in any of those places, you can always find it in LinkedIn and introduce yourself that way, but reporters are not so keen on that. So the fifth and I guess the sixth and final way is reporter emails and phone numbers and subject matter uh, subject matter that they cover are listed in media database directories. And I subscribe to one of those. There are several out there. I don't recommend that attorneys subscribe to them because they're very expensive. But if you have a friendly contact who is a public relations consultant like myself, you could ask that person for one or two names. We are going to take a brief break from our episode for a word from one of our sponsors. Financial advice is useless without empathy. At Foster Group, we want to hear your story, your goals, your worries about the future. Only then can we help you feel confident about all aspects of your financial life. 
Come experience how it feels to be truly cared for at Foster Group. Connect with us at fostergrp.com. Foster Group's written disclosure brochure, as set forth in Part 2A of Form ADV, discusses advisory services and fees, is available at www.fostergrp.com. Okay, let's continue our episode. So let's go back to the media profile for a minute then. So am I maintaining that or am I having somebody like you maintain that? Because I know it's hard to even get lawyers to take the time to post on LinkedIn or things like that. So how often should that be updated and how does that happen? Um, Whoever wrote it should periodically update it. I would say three, maybe four times a year because industry news doesn't necessarily change all that often. So three or four times a year would be often enough. So how about somebody like me who works in the tax trust and estate arena where there's actually frequent changes? There's periods where there's no changes, but then we go through like last year, it was every five minutes, Congress was going to pass a bill and then they weren't and then they changed it. Should I be updating it or is my profile more general about I can give you some information on what's going through in the tax world now? I think you can take both approaches, actually. You can have a sort of template, which is general information about tax and estate related issues. But then when something comes to the fore and you know it's going to be a hot topic, then you can give it a little twist and you can send what I would call a pitch, which would say source. And then it would give, you know, the topic that you can talk about. So a reporter would know that you are focused on this particular hot issue and that they are probably looking for a source on this issue. And so they should look to you for that reason. Can I give you an example of something that happened along these lines? That would be fabulous. Okay. So I'm sure you remember the Boston Marathon bombing case, right? And during the course of the trial, everyone was paying attention. And there were a few attorneys from the local firm, which was McDermott, Will, and Emery, who were commenting on the news frequently. So now we get to the verdict and everybody is waiting for the verdict, right? And this is what we're going to hear, what the verdict is and why it matters and why it was decided this way. So I noticed a news story that quoted someone from Miami and you're thinking, why him and not me, right? Because he's in Miami. What does he know about the Boston Marathon bombing case? So I think this is what happened to this fellow. He probably contacted the reporters who were covering the case and and said to them, source, I can talk about the Boston Marathon bombing case verdict. Why you? I'm a former federal prosecutor and I have tried terrorism cases. Why now? Because everybody's talking about the verdict that we're expecting from this case and I want you to be in touch with me. Here's my cell phone number. Here's my email address. Contact me at any hour of the day or night, and I will have something for you. If it's guilty, it means this. If it's not guilty, it means that. So you can see that he probably had experience talking to the media in general about, you know, issues that he had tried and so on. But here was a case that of the moment everyone was paying attention to. And so he flagged himself as a former federal prosecutor who had tried terrorism cases so the reporters would want to talk to him. 
right? So why him and not you? Because he identified himself at a crucial point when reporters were looking for a source like him to comment on that issue. So that's a great example. Thank you. If I create this media profile, is that one of the ways that I know it's working or that was just this guy found the email and tracked it down? So how would I know, like, if I create this media profile that that is working? I can give you another example of an attorney that I worked with. She had a bankruptcy practice and she focused on the airline industry. And this was an attorney based in Chicago. I contacted reporters who followed the airline industry and I said, here's an attorney and she focuses on bankruptcy and the airline industry. You know, contact me. I'm happy to arrange a conversation. Now, it so happened that the reporter for the airline industry for Thomson Reuters Newswire Service was also based in Chicago. So they got together and they had a coffee conversation. And then a few weeks passed. And suddenly there's a news story. Prospects of bankruptcy in the airline industry. Right. And you're thinking, well, how did the reporter come up with that idea for the news story? It must have been that he talked to this attorney because she had five quotes in the news story talking about the airline industry. So because it was Thomson Reuters, the newswire service was picked up by newspapers all around the world. And she was being quoted in these articles in newspapers all around the world. And that would not have happened without that conversation. That conversation would not have happened without that media profile. So what about a press release? Well, a press release is a little bit different because a press release is of the moment. It's just now that this is going to be interesting and important. So if you have done something that is going to merit news attention, like you have hired a new partner or you've expanded to a new office locally, or if you have filed litigation, then you want to get that word out so that other people will find it of interest. So a media profile is really evergreen, right? It can last for three or four months, but a press release is news only for today. After today, it's going to be old news and no one's going to pay attention to it. I really think that more attorneys should incorporate media strategy into their litigation strategy. When they're preparing to file a case in court and the client is willing to do so, they should at the same time prepare a press release so that they can announce that this case has been filed, that this terrible wrong has been done to their client, and they're going to redress it through our legal system. Now, if you're representing the defendant, you want to anticipate that the other side is going to be using the media to attract attention to your case, and you should prepare for that as well. So I'm thinking rather than just a press release, you should do it on social media as well. That seems to be effective. It's a little off topic. I'm just kind of joking there. But what about when an attorney gets a verdict or decision? Like I did a case and, you know, I'm, I don't do a lot of litigation, but I occasionally will do tax court appeals. And I succeeded in mm -hmm. a case in the Seventh Circuit at one point on appeal from the tax court. So I get a decision like that. What should I do? I would say this, before you do too much else, after you have left oral argument, you should go home and you should create a draft of your press release. 
and you should anticipate that it's going to go your way, but you should also anticipate they might go the other way. So that way, when everything is fresh in your mind, you're going to have that ready. Because months are going to pass, right? Weeks are going to pass. You're not going to get a decision right away. So when that decision comes, then you simply take the decision and you sprinkle in a few references so that it can be correct and up to date with what the decision was. And then you do your distribution. But alongside your press release, you might consider other ways that you can share this news. You might consider a LinkedIn post. You might consider an article that you could publish in a legal journal or that you could publish in an industry journal, depending on you know, which is going to be of more interest. And you should also, of course, include any subsequent news coverage that you get on your website so that people will see not only did you get the decision, but it was in the news because it was deemed to be important. So you should make that part of your litigation strategy in the same way, which is anticipate the verdict or anticipate the decision so that when it does happen, you will be able to uh, cite it and you will be the first one out of the gate. A few years ago, I was working with an attorney who had a case that he was waiting on from the appellate division. And so when he finally got the decision, he posted on LinkedIn, I'm so excited I got this decision. And in the course of the next week, no fewer than a dozen law firms wrote client alerts about this decision. Well, he could have written this client alert and had it ready to go, you know, in moments. But instead, everyone else got it out the door and it took him a week to write his client alert. So, so that's what I think you should do. I think you should prepare ahead of time have a press release, have a client alert, have a post that you're going to post on LinkedIn and, and other social media so that when you get the decision, you just sprinkle in a few references and then you're out the door and you'll be ahead of everybody else. And I think that's a great idea. You know, I do a, a fair amount of writing myself and one of the publishers that I work with indicates, always asks me, do you know anybody else who would write? Because they are looking for content. So I think a lot of lawyers underutilize that ability to write about what they're doing. I do always ask my client, even though the cases are public record, I still go to my client as a courtesy and say, if I write about this, is that going to be, is that okay with you? And I just, again, that's my professional courtesy. What about commenting on another case that's in the news? Well, you can see from the example that I gave about the Boston Marathon bombing case, that that's a way that you can step forward from everybody else and indicate that you have a point of view. And again, you can indicate why you, why now, and why people should care. So I would encourage you to use that framework as you're introducing yourself as a source for comment. I wanna add here that there are a lot of reporters who are interested in interviewing more women as sources. So this is an opportunity for you. Uh, Bloomberg News, for example, has a database that it maintains. And in 2018, there were only 500 women who were in that database. So they went on a recruitment effort. And now in 2020, which is the last year that they made this information public, they had 6,500 women. 
So Bloomberg has made an effort to recruit more women as sources, and they're also providing media training so that women can feel more comfortable speaking to the media. There are a lot of directories online and, um, and available through different sources so that you can self-inscribe yourself as a source for comment. So you can point out your areas of experience and the topics you want to address, and then reporters who are looking for a source will go into those directories and try and find a person who can comment on a timely issue. The way that reporters work is they're going to do the thing that's fastest and easiest. They're going to look online first to say who was quoted already. Then they're going to look through their contacts to see who it is that might be able to comment on the situation. Then they're going to ask some of their colleagues maybe to see if they have someone who could handle the question. And then they're going to look in one of these directories. So you want to make sure that you have made yourself available to them by inscribing yourself in these directories so that more people will find you for comment. That's really helpful information, Jen, and I appreciate that. And I think particularly as a woman in the profession who it took a while to really start getting noticed, and I think that's great advice. So do you have any last thoughts today? Well, I want to mention that I offer a complimentary strategic communications consultation to your listeners. So they can be in touch with me through my website, which is Janet, my name, Janet L as law, F-A-L-K.com, Janet L F-A-L-K.com. And I'm happy to speak with them about their contact with the media, about any newsletter that they might be thinking of upgrading or, or launching about their LinkedIn profile and so on. So they can be in touch with me and I guarantee Two ideas. Two ideas is fabulous. Well, that's all for now. I want to thank our sponsors, Interactive Legal and Carson Wealth. Thanks for listening to today's episode and stay tuned for our weekly releases. Vandenack Weaver Trulson Legal Visionaries is made available by the firm and its attorneys for educational purposes and to provide general information, not to provide specific legal advice. Use of the Vandenack Weaver Trulson Legal Visionaries podcast does not create an attorney client relationship between you and the firm or any of its attorneys. The Vandenack Weaver Trulson Legal Visionaries podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice, and you should contact an attorney in your state about any legal needs or questions you may have. A Huda Media Production.